as a gay, black, gender fluid, queer traffic cone, y'all truly have me fucked up sometimes, and I have no say in the matter. Which is fine. It's not really my job to speak out about racism in Korea. It's not, I don't, I never lived there, you know, it's just not, I don't know what is, I've already got my hands full here in the States. Welcome to my planet. Welcome to my planet. Welcome to my planet. Welcome to my planet. Welcome back to Planet Groove, a black and queer curation. My name is Mars, and today's episode is different. I had a completely different episode planned, but I'm not done with it yet, so here's a mini episode or a 0.5 episode. I don't even know what started this conversation, but I've never got to fully explain my life as a black K-pop fan in detail. While this may be titled Divesting from K-pop, I still enjoy aspects of K-pop, but navigating it as a black person has been nothing but violent. I got into K-pop almost at the end of its second generation. For those who don't know, K-pop is still a relatively new market. It's Korean pop music, but it's also a idol system inspired by the workings of Barry Gordy's Motown. Started in the 1990s, inspired by most black music and black aesthetics. That's not an exaggeration. A lot of popular music is derived from black music, specifically popular black American music. For my exposure to K pop, my knowledge of Asian pop music was mostly J pop, as it was strangely accessible to me in my early childhood. My first experience being Crystal K, a Japanese pop artist with black and Korean ancestry. J-pop and K-pop are two different worlds. Anyway, when it comes to K-pop, there are different generations. Kind of like how music has eras. It is to be believed that the second gen of K-pop started around 2002 or 2003. I came in towards the end of 2008. A lot of fans can't really agree on where these generations start or end. What attracted me to K-pop was that it initially reminded me of a lot of the black music I was listening to at the time, but the packaging reminded me of all the hyper-commercial pop groups I grew up with and loved, like Backstreet Boys, NSYNC, Old Town, and etc. A piece of my childhood lost in the culture of what was popular at the time in American pop music. Here it was in K-pop. Five men singing dramatically about a girl and chasing her through the streets, only to perform a choreographed dance for their personal audience of one, the girl. It was nostalgic and fun. I was apprehensive because I thought this was some nerd shit. I saw the pictures in the binders of the girls I went to school with 
and was confused as to why they cared so much. But then I started to care. My engagement with K-pop for a long time was mostly singles and the occasional performance stage. It wouldn't be until 2012 or 2013 when I started downloading albums from the various K-pop sites where I started diving any deeper. My music taste is incredibly varied, but for a long time, I'd have 21, Hyanna, Shiny, and Miss A on repeat. The music was so infectious. Occasionally, I see some cultural appropriation and be like, oh, okay, I'm just going to ignore this. My engagement with K-pop online was mostly involuntary on Tumblr. When people could post songs, I'd hear songs and be like, hmm, that sounds good. Maybe I'll check this out later. For the most part, K-pop for me was a solo experience up until 2018. Me and my best friend discovered we both fancy K-pop and did so from a distance, not really engaging with fandom culture, just music videos and some show performances. When I discover a new group, I send music videos constantly to the group chat. Everyone was often dismissive until Luna happened, and from there we spiraled into K-pop. Around 2018, towards the end, we discovered that we liked BTS, and so we decided to get K-pop Twitter accounts. What a fucking mistake that was. Criticisms that would usually be things people agreed upon over on the black side of Twitter were things that caused war zones on K-pop Twitter. I remember discussing my experience with racism in the fandom of BTS and was met with nothing but racial violence from the fandom. So much that I had to go private on that account. It was so weird to me because while I had experienced anti-blackness online, I had never experienced in a way that was so constant, so vile, and so vicious. There was no voice to have amongst a violent majority. The oddest thing to me was that a lot of black K-pop fans were also incredibly anti-black in defense of idols they loved. Blackness discarded for non-black pop singers making bastardized versions of black music, and while some of it hit, it could never come close to the inspiration. Even then, I knew my time with K-pop was up because I knew that if this is the community that I'm meant to enjoy these things with, then fuck K-pop and fuck the community of it all. But I didn't listen to myself. I'd been a fan since I was in high school and thought maybe I can give it another try. The cultural appropriation and racism from K-pop idols and their fans was not going to detour me from a bop. Because in all honesty, no matter where I could turn for entertainment, I'd get that everywhere. So I tried to rationalize 
maybe it'll get better. In 2019, a friend invited me to BTS's Speak Yourself tour. While there was not much fan experience as I expected from a fandom that appears to be united online, I had a fun time. It was my first K-pop concert and it was an entertaining experience. Great choreography, lights, and all that. But something about the experience left me a bit empty. Me and my friend did not listen to BTS for a long time afterwards because there's nothing like experiencing music in a stadium. After that, we just kind of started going to concerts back to back. High touch events, merch on top of merch. I currently have a closet full of K-pop albums. Some signed, some limited edition. K-pop was bright, colorful, and fun. It was a package of escapism. Not that I looked to K-pop for escapism, but as a black, queer, fat, disabled person living in America, you have a lot of shit to deal with. And K-pop is a great distraction when you need it. The expensive videos, the idol personas. A lot of K-pop is product first, like it was in my childhood for teen pop. And the music lasts being an afterthought. I got to see one more K-pop concert just before America pretended to close down due to the ongoing pandemic we're dealing with. It was one of the best nights ever. K-pop was still very much enjoyable, despite the daily racial violence I deal with online from K-pop fandoms. Then sometime, over a three month span in my time, on the K-pop side of Twitter, things got very sinister. Suddenly, people were getting doxxed left and right. Some got mere threats of being doxxed. I've got threatened with it. And the reason it happened was simply because those fans that were getting doxxed were black and said something unfavorable about someone's favorite K-pop idol. That was when I knew this K-pop thing wasn't for me anymore. Because you had people online pretending it wasn't happening or trying to rationalize why it was happening. It didn't make any sense to me that K-pop could be held so close that people forgot their humanity to inflict violence on behalf of personas they only knew at face value. You had non-black fans and black fans losing their minds over idols to commit essentially crimes online for the sake of scaring black fans they didn't like. All while this was happening, K-pop groups were releasing their PR Black Lives Matter statements, and journalists who specialize in writing K-pop articles were out here doing just as much damage as the fans. Suddenly K-pop fans were lauded as activists, when in reality they were contributing to the racial violence black people face. But I guess anything is great PR when it's a reflection of an idol group. 
these journalists knew what was happening and a lot of them frankly didn't care. Nor did their publishers because who's going to click on an article about the irony of K-pop fandoms tweeting hashtag BLM while in the same breath tweeting lynching jokes and calling me a nigger. The BLM movement was bastardized and colonized by so many people, but that's a conversation for another day. K-pop to me lost its shiny gloss of magic. It's no longer something that is fun. Do I enjoy K-pop from time to time? Yes, but dealing with the anti-blackness from idols, labels, and fandoms pills away and tarnishes any light it once had for me. It's simply just another genre of music that I sometimes agree with, but mostly not. However, before I end this episode, I want to briefly touch on some topics dealing with K-pop and K-pop fandoms when it comes to anti-blackness. Often when an idol does something racist, it is yelled about for two minutes and people move on, which is understandable. You can't be mad all the time, but there's no expiration date on people's misfortunes and racism. No matter if there's an apology or not, it's up to the individual how they navigate this. For example, I was once in a space with a lot of people and we were talking about K-pop. Mind you, everyone in this space was black. And we were talking about a certain group and one of the speakers brings up why they don't listen to them. And their points were valid. It's because they can't tolerate the cultural appropriation and racism said group had done and everyone in that space jumped down this person's throat because they simply couldn't handle someone being critical of an idol they love. It was a very weird experience. That opened my eyes that no matter whoever you got close to in a community of Black K-pop fans, you can't really trust anyone in these spaces. Because while Blackness is a common denominator, it is not something that unifies everybody. In the coming months, I'd later see these same people rejoice in the bullying of this person on the platform. Now, this isn't a call out, but it was eye opening. <laughs> and it turned me a little sour from creating spaces to enjoy K pop with fellow black K pop fans. This course isn't welcome unless it's discourse people want to talk about, and often people screaming into echo chambers that create toxic spaces. I'll admit to being one of those people who have created toxic spaces for conversations that didn't need to happen. It's the reason why I no longer engage with these spaces. I like to also break the public myth that there is a such thing as a good K-pop fandom. That doesn't exist. All of them are racist, all of them. The biggest ones to the smallest ones because anti-blackness doesn't exist in a vacuum. No amount of quote unquote K-pop activism can change that. Trigger warning before I go into this rant. So if you like to skip a little ahead, I wouldn't be offended. I'll give you a few seconds. 
fans will excuse sexual abuse, racism, cultural appropriation, racial violence, skirt skirt on niggas, <laughs> use a non-apology as an apology while pretending to care about these issues. And this isn't limited to K-pop. To be quite honest, this is stand-up in general. I believe no one should stand anyone. You're dedicating your life to buying and streaming all for the success of someone else. And what does it get you in the end? A new picture? I can go into parasocial relationships people have with celebrity, but this episode isn't meant to be a long one. Just a short one to hold you over until my most important episode. Now, while I've said a lot of negative things about being a Black K-pop fan, I would never discourage someone from looking into it and seeing what sticks for them. K-pop can be catchy. There are a lot of bops. Some of them problematic, but there are a lot of great tunes. I just caution people about the online aspect of it. Also, all K-pop idols are anti-Black until proven otherwise. Hey girl, what's up? I just had the craziest moment right now. Bitch, enough about you. I just found this new group called BBS. What do you want from me? If you would like to add to the conversation, you can reach me at Planet Groove on Twitter and Instagram. In the podcast description, I'll also have the transcript for this episode. Thank you for listening to Planet Groove, and hopefully you've enjoyed the time you spent with me. I'll see you next time for yet another episode of Planet Groove, a Black and Queer curation. Be blessed. Be blessed.